Moines. Now, today's from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Big 12 football media days are underway in Dallas as the 10 teams converge at Jerry World. Tomorrow, Iowa State will be heading to the podium, including players Josh Kniffel, Deshante Jones, Jaquan Bailey, and Marcel Spears, along with head coach Matt Campbell. The Ames Tribune's Dylan Montz will join us at 11.20, live from Dallas. According to a report from the Des Moines Register's Matt Bain, four-star Oskaloosa big man Xavier Foster is set to announce his top schools in less than a week. Foster took official visits to both Iowa and Iowa State last year, along with official visits to USC and Baylor. Yesterday, the Wimbledon final in Epic match between Djokovic and Roger Federer. Novak Djokovic, an historic five-set fight for a fifth Wimbledon title. The call from ESPN is Djokovic wins his fifth Wimbledon title. To Major League Baseball, the Cubs off the All-Star break sweep away the Pirates as Almora and Schwarber go back-to-back in the sixth. Swarmer at last. There she goes. 8-3 win on the call from the Cubs TV network. Cardinals on the winning side yesterday after their 5-2 win over Arizona taking that series. And it was Paul Goldschmidt finding the bleachers. It's in a time. Deep left. It is Cubs lead now two and a half over the Brewers in the Central Three over the Cardinals. Tonight, 7.05, the Cubs hosting the Reds. Brewers at home for the Braves. The Royals host the White Sox. And in a game you can hear here on 1460 KXNO, the Cardinals host the Pirates. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and with you here for the next two hours right up until noon And what promises to be an outstanding week uh, in the world of sports and a real busy one after the maybe the slowest week in sports. It certainly uh, wraps up very quickly uh, as we got a lot of ground to cover. Big 12 media days are underway in Dallas. Uh, we've got the British opening happening this week. We've got NFL football teams going to training camp this week. We've got Hackfest this week. I failed to mention Trent and I will be live in Chicago uh, doing our show Thursday and Friday from Big Ten Media Days. A lot of ground to cover. We'll work baseball into the conversation as well as the Cubs come roaring out of the break, taking three straight from the Pirates. The Giants do the Cubs fans a little bit of a favor as they win that series. A lot of ground to cover. Scott Dockerman will join us at 1030. Our only Big 12 live guests, well, they're all live uh, today, Dylan Montz at 11, well, not Cappy, I guess, if I'm going to be accurate. Sure. Uh, At 11.15, Cappy joins us. Cappy doesn't join us. Uh, Dylan Montz joins us. 
uh, from the Ames Tribune. And then Scott Miller wrote a really fascinating piece of Bleacher Report. Uh, and we'll do some baseball to uh, finish out the program, although I'm sure we'll be back to the uh, Big 12. A lot of ground to cover baseball. We're going to start with Bob Bullsby in just a second. How's the weekend, TC? Not too bad. Got to see my twins come out on the right side of things. Had a chance at the sweep yeah, yesterday. Yeah, that one kind of, especially when they tied it in the seventh, yep. right? Three zip, come back and tie it only to squander that lead in the bottom half of the inning. Gave it right back. Trevor May gave up a homer on the bottom half of the inning after coming roaring back. But uh, good series. Didn't it was a good series. I like the win on Friday night because they fought back from that in that one. They did. Got a little bit of help out of the Indians' defense in that one Friday night mm-hmm. too. Sure. Play close play at first base. Bang bang play. Kepler was safe, and then Polanco just burned the center fielder to uh, drive another run, and they took the lead there. Fun weekend though. You're coming out of the break, it dwindled down to five and a half. A little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. Now feeling good. Well, Cleveland was playing outstanding, yes, as, yes. as hot as anybody was. It has been in Major League Baseball. Couldn't say that about the Cubs. You might be oh. able to say that after this weekend. Defense has been outstanding. That double play to end the game. Oh, boy. Saturday, I think it was. Was it Saturday? Was it Sun? Baez, anyway. Just a spectacular. John Lester started. It was the game I couldn't see. So it had to Saturday. be Saturday. Yep. Um, Lester started, got the win. Homer's in the game. They're out 7 nothing early in the baseball game. Uh, but the DP to, to end it just... I mean, this guy is so gifted. So gifted. I'm talking about Javier Baez and uh, what he does uh, defensively. And Addison Russell with a great turn to end it. That was phenomenal theater. But Cubs uh, with a sweep over the Pirates who were playing well. And now the Pirates go into uh, St. Louis. Meanwhile, the Cubbies stay home and host the Cincinnati Reds. So those two teams at the bottom, and they're both hanging around. And I told you, I like this Reds team. Uh, Castillo goes tonight against Kyle Hendricks. And big spot, we'll all be able to see it as the uh, television is uh, NBC Sports Chicago. So we'll get to view that one. Uh, big game tonight. But we've got to start in the Big 12, and Bob Bowles be making news for not making news. He was asked, as he always is, about uh, realignment when it comes to the Big 12 and said, look, it's nobody even brings it up anymore. Yeah. Trent, selfishly, I hope this conference stays exactly as is forever. I love the everybody plays everybody in football. Mm-hmm. I love the home and home in basketball. I think it's absolutely ideal uh, the way this conference is. Uh, they uh, made the announcement, I think, what is it, $38.5 was the payout mm-hmm. to each of the schools. We were reminded that the, the third-tier rights go away in some cases this year. Iowa State joins next year, which reminded me we, we won't get another football game on Cyclones.tv. I mean, John Walters, who joined us last week, he made a little news. When he said the Louisiana Lafayette game is not targeted or ticketed. Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe, thank you. Um, the Warhawks, not the Raging Cajuns. Right, but they're not going to be on, they're not going to be on Cyclones.tv. They're going to be on TV. The game that was, was going to be the third tier game was picked up by FS1. So we may be at the end of watching those games. Now, it's going to be on ESPN+. Plus, Yes. Uh, starting next year in Iowa State's case. But, Which is um, a subscription-based service. It is, but it's cheap. Didn't you say it's like five or six bucks? Something like that, yeah. And there's going to be 800 Big 12 events on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I don't know how many of the 800 are going to move my needle. You're not going to be watching a whole lot of gymnastics, No, I'm but there'll guess. be some basketball games, mm-hmm. and there's going to be some football on there that you have to have. So hopefully you'll find your way over to my place and help me hook it up at one point because uh, I'm a little uh, challenged, I, I will. I technology will. challenged when it comes to that. But uh, i make it a little bit of news there. So an end of, um, I don't know. You know what? Is it the end of Bloom and Rosenfalls? 
Rosenfeld's doing games, or will they have the the platform then yeah. that they'll be the guys? I would guess so. I would guess so too. Yeah, you wouldn't think that they're going to then hire a bunch of people mm-hmm. outside of the university to do all these Big Twelve plus events. What is it, Big Twelve now that they're calling Big Twelve it? now? Yep, Big Twelve now yep. will be uh, what you find on ESPN Plus. So I, it makes sense. This is the era that we go into. There's going to be some changes, but much like there was so much hand wringing initially when. Cyclones TV came aboard and people freaking out about that. And then they learned, well, it's not too bad. As long as everything is up and running. It was great in the beginning. They had some growing pains. Yes. But everybody has growing pains. Right. BTN had growing pains. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean there was no commercials at all. Which no, was, well, there was. There was. Well, the salsa or whatever it was. And Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings. Those were the two. <laughs> you saw them over and over and over again. And then a lot of promos. The first years and a lot of promos. But look, it's been an unqualified success. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been um, a, a cash cow. Um, so w- we'll see. But Big 12 now is moving to ESPN. Uh, Big, Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. Starting this year in some of the school's cases, but next year when it comes uh, to Iowa State. If I told you that the Big 12 has a chance to get Central Florida and BYU, to get them to 12. No, I don't care. Don't want it. I don't want it. I want to see everybody play everybody. I think this is perfect. I really do. I think it's great in basketball season. It is. That you're going to see everybody at your place. You're going to go to everybody's place in a return visit. But all the other conferences now are going to 20 conferences. I know. Makes it more palpable. Still going to not have a double home and home with Mm -hmm. everybody when you're at 12. I prefer the way the Big 12 does it. Selfishly, I think it's great. Can they they maintain it? Don't know. We don't know what it's going to look like once these television contracts come to an end. I do know that uh, any conversation about Iowa State being in any uh, amount of jeopardy as far as losing their place is completely out the window. It is not going to happen. Iowa State's going to be a part of whatever it turns out. There's going to be a chair when the music stops for the Cyclones. Feels that way. No, it does. I I mean, the football program and the basketball program. I would be shocked if that wasn't Mm -hmm. the case. Now... What what could change that? What could the Pac-16? A, a, here's the thing. That, that could happen that would leave Iowa State out. And that would be something that's been talked about. Just the top 30, 40 programs. And that's it. Yeah. If, if that came to fruition, I personally hate that idea. I would, I would turn out. I was going to say, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to give up college sport. Right. I, I just don't see that. That that idea is, is kind of as harebrained as the uh, NFL going to an 18-game schedule, but only the, the players can only play 16 weeks. I brought that up to you a couple months ago. You remember so that? I never heard that before. I yeah. don't remember that conversation. I, I brought it up to you, and you said, that's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard, and I kind of liked it. Well, you know what? Honestly, Trent, I thought that somebody in the NFL office was trolling on Friday because it's the slowest time of the year, mm-hmm. although Peter King went back to work today. Oh, you know what here that we means. go. We're ramping Kings, up. Yeah, when his vacation's over, the off season is over. I thought some of the off just to get people talking about the NFL, put that tweet out there because there's no way in hell this is ever going to see the light of day. That they want to get some conversation, and it did. No, it did. Yes, <laughs> it did. I haven't seen any positive conversation uh, pursuant to it. But you know, I um, the top thirty teams in college sports. Mm, no, you can leave too many out. There's too much money. Football. It's football only, though. You take the biggest brands with the biggest markets, and what it turns into is NFL light. I mean, that's what it becomes. It becomes yeah. its own subdivision. I don't think it comes to fruition, but that is still out there. It's a conversation it that continues to be talked about. I don't hear that much. And Maybe with I'm... rights deals that are out there, and when that comes, saying, you know what, we've 
babied everybody else for long enough. We're going to separate our own subdivision for football only. That's what this would be, football only, in the top 24, Where does Iowa? 32. Does Iowa make it into this conversation? If it's 32, probably. Are they? It's a top 15 athletic department as a whole. Yeah. Generating But you just revenue. said it's all football. Yes. I mean, is Iowa top 30 football program? I'm like, this is the stupid conversation. Have It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Mark my words. I was wrong in the Big Ten Network. You said it's never going to be a success. This is never going to happen. Never going to happen. I, don't, I just don't, I, I just can't see it. I can't see this. Why would you eliminate? You're going to eliminate. Yeah, that's a stupid conversation. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk baseball. Uh, the Cubs needed this in a big, big way. And they got the sweep. Um, they got really good pitch performances out of Quintana, mm-hmm. who had one bad, bad inning. Hugh Darvish got unlucky not to pick up his first win um, on, what was he pitching, Friday? Friday, yeah. Um, I thought he was really good. Hendricks has a chance tonight. Now, Hendricks coming off the injury, maybe rush back a little bit. Uh, we'll see, and hopefully we'll see the Kyle Hendricks, who was pitching so damn well uh, prior to uh, him getting hurt as Cincinnati comes to town. And they're, I don't want to say their season's teetering, but it kind of is. Uh, when you look at their spot, they certainly can't give up any more ground, you wouldn't think. Um so Kyle Hendricks goes tonight, but the bats woke up. The defense has been outstanding for the Cubs this past weekend. Uh, if you're a Cubs fan, you saw everything that you wanted to see and hoped that you would see. You weren't sure you were going to see, be honest, but you saw it. You know, we had the conversation about Joe Madden and what he does, if it was message wearing thin, those kind of things. And I know at least the most supportive Cubs fans were holding in the back pocket this team has been great in the second half mm-hmm. under Madden. They have been. Every single year. They have the best record in baseball in the second half with him as the manager. And those numbers, they have been significant of what they've done in the second half. Should we give him the benefit of the doubt? Maybe. Because he's got a body of work. This looks like a completely different team mm-hmm. that we saw for the previous six weeks going into the break. Mm-hmm. It's true. Eight straight series. They didn't win a series. No, they were 0-4-4. They come out. Here they are just doing... Exactly what we kind of expected, I think, all season long out of this team. A team that took three of four going into the All-Star break, the Pirates I'm speaking of, against Mm -hmm. the Cubs. And they come out, do everything. Mm -hmm. It it was bullpen, rotation, base running, and we've had those question marks. Base running was outstanding this weekend. Defense, those questions. I mean, we have. it has been every era. This isn't as simple as, well, you know, they just are struggling. One simple fix, right. Yes, this you can make a laundry list of different things that have gone wrong this season with this team. And leads up to two and a half. Hitting three over the Cardinals and feels like it's trending. I want to see this week. Yeah. It was encouraging against the Pirates. Um, You're not Cincinnati. taking out world beaters here. Decent <laughs> no, teams. That have, teams. Teams that were, they were two and a half out coming into this weekend. They lost two out of three themselves. The Reds did to the Rockies this weekend. Yeah. They fall a little further back. Mm-hmm. And then the Padres. Again. There's talent on both of these teams, but they're not great baseball teams. You do what you're supposed to, go four and two, then you go out and make that big move, right? And what is it? What what is it? Wave your magic wand. What do you oh. want? What do you want? What do you want to bring in? You got your closer. Yeah, I like Strope. Last time we saw him, I th- I think the last time we saw him, he blew a save. But that's you know that's uh, uh, that's going to happen. He gave up a three run homer on Friday. Yeah, on Friday, right yep. to tie the game three three. Mm-hmm. And then the Cubs found a way to win, which was terrific. Yes. Um, Magic wand. What do you want? You don't need first baseman. You don't need second baseman. I want Zach Granke. You want Zach Granke? Yes, you do. 
Um, Lester will still be your game one starter because mm-hmm. he's John Lester mm-hmm. and, and what he has built up mm-hmm. postseason success. And Cole Hamels has been, was good, but he's coming back from an injury he in his is. own right. And you can split up those lefties with Grinky in the middle of it. Game two, uh-huh. game three, go Cole Hamels. And or then Hendricks. Hendricks. Or if it's Quintana, whoever no. it is. Probably not, but yes. I think you know who's going to... It's crazy to say. You know who I think is going to have a really strong second half? He's got the best stuff on the uh, in the rotation, apparently. Are you going Tyler Chatwood? No. <laughs> Although they they praise his stuff. <laughs> yes, too. they do. You Darvish. You Darvish. It feels like he is going the right way. Mm-hmm, it does. You mentioned so unlucky. I I felt bad for him Friday when that one went out the yard. Just yeah. Come on, right? Of, of all, finally, great start Marte in Wrigley. Marte, right? Yeah. yeah. It just crushed it. You're you're cruising along. It's not a one run lead when you exit. It's a three run mm-hmm. lead. Mm-hmm. He's gonna no. <laughs> and Strope serves one up, and it is. And he, but he wasn't bad prior. Yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's going to happen. But a three run bomb. It mm-hmm. was it was unfortunate. It was unlucky for him. Got to spend a minute on the tennis from yesterday. We're not big. I don't want to speak for you. I'm not a big tennis guy. I, that was phenomenal theater. That was just tremendous. Watching these two go back and forth, it looked as though Federer had it. One at one point, he's uh, he had two championship points and, and failed to close the deal. And here comes Djokovic back, and on and on and on we go. It was great. It was great sport, is what mm-hmm. it was. And that's tennis. I, I'm not a big fan by any means. I'll flip on the majors. I do get a kick out of the U.S. Open, too, some of those late-night matches when we get... Really? Do yeah, you? late. I mean, football's right around the corner, and you're flipping around, and you... No, oh, football's on. When the US you're going to be watching on. SportsCenter that night to kind of recap everything, and, oh, there's tennis on. Oh, I'll watch this for a little bit. I, I always fall victim to that. What is that? Late August that gets going? No, it's, like, September it's September because they yeah. knock... Uh, it pisses me oh, off yeah. because CBS loses a uh, a game... Uh, a, a, a Saturday SEC game because they've got to cover the tennis, for God's sakes. <laughs> and then uh, on Sunday, of course, the, the late window's over. There Spox you go. always has it. Absolutely. And they have the early window mm-hmm. with the U.S. Open. But it's uh, I'm the same way. I When I watch it, I usually enjoy it, especially a match like that. I mean, that was... An all-timer. Yeah, it's going to take a final for me to turn it on. I mean, I'm not going to watch a you know a midweek game if I, if I, I at least I don't think I will. But you know, as much as anything at Wimbledon, I, I get a kick out of the ball boys and yes. girls, and the line judge and the way they throw the balls. They're all, they're robotic is yes. what they are, um, <laughs> and just the the pageantry, the pomp and pageantry of the Brits. I guess you want to call it the royal box and um, Woody Harrelson was. I mean. Poof. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. good, and it was really entertaining. I, it was long. I wanted to get to baseball. In fact, I wanted to get to the Twins and the Indians in mm-hmm. that game, but the, the uh, tennis kept going. You couldn't turn it off at that point. You were too invested. You know, I asked you, I don't know, I think a couple of times over the last few weeks when Wimbledon was going on, and as sport that we talk about slows down, I'm like, you can flip it on. Was it Friday that Nadal and Federer were playing during our show? Yes, Friday. It, it was yes. on, and I, like you gonna take a peek up their head now? No, I wasn't. <laughs> you weren't. Into, yeah. I'm like it was Federer Nadal. Come on, you got no, no. Mm-hmm. But that one finally grabbed. Well, it was Twitter. It, I'll That's be honest it. with you. It was Twitter. It was you know it became hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. So I thought I better you know do what the country's doing and and turn this on. I'm glad I did. It was midway through the fifth set, and boy oh boy, these two guys just and they're both. I mean. Federer's 37. Yes. Djokovic is yep. what do you say? 32, 33. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of was rooting for Fed, I guess. I was too. Just because yeah. he's the old guy. And it seemed like, I mean, I don't know what Djokovic ever did wrong to become the villain. Right. Because uh, he certainly doesn't come across as that. But um, Russia, Russia versus Switzerland, right? Is I that mean, what it is? Is that where he's from? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows what it is? But Federer is just, I mean, he seems like just such a normal, good yeah, guy. Right. He's almost impossible to root against. Mm-hmm. Now, even Nadal, who was the young gun coming after him, Nadal's in his 30s now. This doesn't happen in tennis, certainly in men's tennis at, the, at this level, where you see this. Connors had that run in the U.S. Open, speaking of that, what, in his late, Oh, yeah, mid, when late he was 30s. old, right? And then he got a Tylenol painkiller commercial right afterwards. You remember that? They played the was crap out Tylenol? of that thing. Was it Tylenol? I think it was. It was some, uh, maybe Advil or yeah, something. Yeah, I think it was Advil, yes. An ibuprofen gig. Yep. Um yeah, the, they, the uh, advertisers caught on to that very quickly. By the way, Les Miles was just asked at Big Twelve Media Days how long it's going to get to get to, how long it's going to take to get Kansas to a New Year's Six Bowl. Well, they've been once. I know. <laughs> Orange Bowl. My Boy, that seems like a. How did that happen? Seriously, how did that happen? Nebraska I mean, was, guys. Nebraska was awful. I guess Nebraska but we're was talking down. About Kansas. Well, well, nobody else was good. Texas was down. Oklahoma mm-hmm. was down. Yeah. Nebraska was garbage. Mm-hmm. I mean, they put, what, 77 up in that game that season against them? They scored 77 against Nebraska. Uh-huh. That's how that happens. The best two teams in the conference, and it wasn't close, were them in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Down cycles happen. And when they all cycle down, the powers that be in a conference, <laughs> you get Kansas. And Mark Mangino, who looks like the orange from the Orange Bowl, the uh, mascot, you ever mm, see that yeah. picture of those two I together? Yeah, I have. One of my all-time favorites. <clears throat> Pretty good. Um, okay, he was just asked that. 2000 and never. That's probably the answer, Trent. Yes. Found in 2000 and never. All right, we've got uh, Scott Dockerman coming up. <laughs> Excuse me, we'll do a little bit. Uh, what was Doc doing? In, well, I'm, we're going to ask him, but do you see, uh, I'm going to get a, uh, a hotel review. Do you see where he was staying? I did not, know. He was staying at the what had to have been uh, the new hotel at Wrigley Field. Oh, really? Because he showed a, pic- a picture of the um, of Wrigley Field right outside his hotel room, is what he said on Twitter. So he went, for whatever reason, uh, was sequestered in that hotel for the weekend. And like, he must have been there on athletic business, I would think. Well, I saw him at a Cubs game. So it might have just been a weekend getaway. Just went over there and decided Chicago to do on that. Thursday, though. Well, maybe just stay in the week. Who knows? Maybe. Hey, it's the athletic. It must be they hired a whole bunch more writers today. Did you they see did. that? Yes. Holy mackerel. So maybe it's just that. But yeah, he was in uh, the, what do they call the bleachers beyond the bleachers? The, mm. what, what they're called where you've been in those things before. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, the rooftops. The rooftops. There you go. A picture of it. But the rooftop that he was in was covered up by now the sign mm-hmm. in right field. Have you, have you never sat in the rooftop? Never have done it. You know what? It's, um, I'm glad I did it. You can't see the warning track. Sure. Um, the food and the drink, it's at least the one I was at, it's all you can eat, all you can drink. Whoa. Um, talking my and, language. No, and then the food's good too. This yeah. isn't just like, you know, they're boiling a couple of wieners and putting them on a bun. <laughs> right. They're barbecuing. They're, they're, it was really, really good. Um, but you just, you, okay. It's a, you kind of tell what's going on and it's cool to say you've sat in the, yeah. in the rooftops, but it's, I'd rather be in the ballpark. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I want to do it. I think that's probably it. You know what I want to do when uh, uh, Sunday Night Baseball was there last night? Mm. I want to sit on the monster. Yeah. Don't Watch, you? Watching them up there calling the game. Uh-huh. and That was really cool. I, I just love the cuts of them where they show in the camera back towards center field of 
those three sitting there. Uh-huh. And then, of course, all the people that are working in the broadcast kind of scurry away for yep. a moment. Yep. Because b- normally they have that green screen up where they, they're just right, all covered right. up. And you see who was sitting right behind him in the row right behind him? I didn't. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, really? Yeah, she was sitting uh, right right behind him uh, last night. But, I missed that. That's awesome. Uh, did we see, is that the best team in baseball, the Dodgers? I think so. I think so, too. I mean, you speak about talking, having everything. Mm-hmm. I know Kenley Jansen, he's had... Well, that's what they want. They might want to go out and get a bullpen arm. That's if the... Uh, I think it was Buster Olney was, was mentioned in that last night during the broadcast. That's a good broadcast team. You know who really is growing on me a ton? And she gets a ton of criticism. Oh, Mendoza. Jessica Mendoza. Yeah. She, last night, she, I, she was great. She works as hard as anybody in the game, in my mind. Uh-huh. I mean, you just know the... You can tell the amount of preparation that she does, the work that she does, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, for the most part, it's all for naught. I mean, just continually. You go and search her name on Twitter, 98% negative. that probably fair? Yeah, she's kind of like to, like the, the Joe Buck, if you will. Yeah. Um, a lot of t- conversation in that game last night, pursuant to the Dodgers, was they want Vasquez from the Pirates, who's under team control. What did they say yesterday? They talked about him during the game. Through either 2023 or 2024, so you're going to have to give up a boatload to get this right. kid. He's a left-handed closer. They compared to Raldis Chapman <laughs> without the off-the-field stuff. Um, but, uh, boy, oh, boy, and if you can get him and he's not going to walk next year or the year after or the year after that, he's your guy. You, I mean, the Pirates, look, they got crushed in the Chris Archer deal. They've got to replenish that farm system, and he's going to bring a ton of guys. And, and look, the trade deadline is July the 31st. We are going to see some movement. There's no putting everybody on waivers in the month of August and pulling guys back or making a deal. If you don't get what you want, you pull them back. It's over. If, you, if you're not traded by the 31st of July, you're going to be on that team, and your team's not going to be making any moves. So this is the first year this is going to be happening. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how all the MLB teams go about it. We saw the first move yesterday. Homer Bailey moves from uh, Kansas City to Oakland. Oakland is a wildcard team. They want more pitching. But listen for the name Felipe Vasquez. He's the Pirates closer, and he might be the guy. We'll take a time out. Scott Dockerman will join us. We'll get a... Uh, uh, kind of a hotel review from Doc. Wrote a good piece. Did you see the hypotheticals that he put out for Iowa football at the Athletic during the Kirk Ferentz era? What ifs? I did not. It's a really, it's a, you forget, at least I forget some of the stuff that, that happened, that what if it would have gone this way? You know, I love the, that, that's one of my favorite things well, to do. Well, then you'll, this is a wheelhouse piece yes. for you. Wheelhouse Al- piece. Alternate paths of things. Ah, uh, yes. I'm, I'm going to dive into that here during the break and, Hopefully have a few for Doc. Uh, what if Ricky Stanzi didn't get injured in 2009? That's a pretty good one. The gut punch against Michigan State. What if they would have prepared for a blocked or for a fake punt, rather, <laughs> against Wisconsin? All that. Uh, Doc coming up. Uh, we will have Dylan Montz live from Dallas at 11.15. Uh, couple of Big 12 guests tomorrow. It's just easier for them because it started early, them being the Big 12 media. Uh, we hope to get Matt Postens. We will get Chris Williams on the program tomorrow. He's covering it. Uh, for uh, Cyclone Fanatic as well as uh, the Fanatics. So we'll get Chris Williams from uh, Dallas tomorrow during the program. We're Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Oh. An element of the game. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. 
welcome back, Miller and Condon. Don't forget, Friday Hack Fest. If you haven't uh, already committed to playing in the event, still an opportunity, kxno.com. Copper Creek is the scene. Friday, this Friday, is the date and the forecast. According to uh, my iPhone, it's uh, sunny. Not going to give you the temperature. Warm. Yeah, but it's dry warm. There's three of them. There's three digits? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. A one and then a couple of zeros? That means the beard goes down even you know better on Absolutely, a day Absolutely, like Trent. That's a positive way to look at things. Positive way to look at things. All right, let's get Scott Dockerman in here. He's uh, spent the weekend in Chicago. He'll spend a couple of days later on this week in Chicago. And might, in fact, he may be in Chicago. Where are you, Doc? How are you? Welcome to the program. Hey, I'm great today, and yeah, I was in Chicago for most of the last week, and, and heading back here again in, in a couple of days, so it's like kind of my home away from home. Well, there's worse places to be. It's a wonderful city. So tell us about the hotel. By the looks of your Twitter feed, you were holed up in the new hotel right by Wrigley Field. Give us a review, Scott Dockerman. Boy, I tell you what, the Hotel Zachary is tremendous. It's right there in Wrigleyville. You just walk outside and boom, there's Wrigley Field. And of course, as a Cubs fan, that's always a terrific sight. And, uh, yeah, I had some, uh, you know, our kind of our annual meetings with the athletic and, and our new hires. So it was, uh, all in all, uh, you know, a terrific few days there and spent the last day at the rooftop. So can't complain there. Saw your picture of the rooftops a little bit different with the new scoreboards out there. <laughs> Didn't get to see much of the game actually live on the field, huh? No, well, that was uh, that was the one detriment I would say is you couldn't see home plate. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, other that than was that, kind of <laughs> other than that, it was, the parade was great, uh, Mrs. Kennedy. No, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, but it was it was a great time regardless, and uh, the Cubs pulled out a win, so. Uh, I, well, I drove away happy at the end of that night. Well, so tell us one, one more on the hotel, then. we we got a lot of ground to cover. I thought your your hypotheticals, the what-if piece at the Athletic, and I do want to talk about all the new hires at the Athletic. Yes, they're team-centric, but there's also some uh, sport-centric uh, as well. So is it loud, Doc? I mean, if you were just going there and you... You know, you're looking for peace and quiet and you want to get away. Is it is it bustling? Is it crowded, the hotel itself, the Zachary? Do you recommend it? Yeah, I do. I think it's it's probably a lot like uh, what you would find on Michigan Avenue. Okay. Any of the hotels there and downtown. It's probably there's probably not as much foot traffic except, you know, on, on the game itself and, and hey, if you're in Wrigleyville and it's the game uh, game day, you've got to either expect it or go somewhere else. It's, it's a tremendous environment. So, yeah, I, I could not recommend it more. I, I, we had an awesome time, and uh, I hope to uh, go back sometime soon. Well, Doc, at The Athletic uh, here, your most recent article is about hypotheticals, and Ken uh, brought it to my attention. I had missed it over the weekend. So it is something that I love talking about, hypotheticals in college sports, how different things can be. Of the group of hypotheticals for Iowa football over the last 20-plus years under Kirk Ferentz, which is the one to you that could have changed the trajectory of this program? A conversation, maybe on a national scale, that would have made Iowa football different if this didn't happen or this did happen. Had to have been 2002 had they played Ohio State. And at the time, there was no Big Ten championship game, as we all know. Both Iowa and Ohio State was you know were 8-0 and Big Ten play, and Iowa had the one loss to Iowa State, uh, tremendous uh, team at that point mm-hmm. in the season. Not so much later in the year, uh, but that you know that loss did kind of you know the cost them a chance to play Ohio State. But 
my scenario was what if they did play Ohio State? And I think what what we would have seen is Iowa win by probably double digits. I think Iowa was at that point in the season the best team possibly in the country, but certainly in the Big Ten uh, in the final four games. I mean, I have a million stats here, but, you know, Brad Banks had 10 touchdowns and no interceptions. Craig Grenzel, the quarterback for Ohio State, had uh, – you know, had had three and one. You know, Iowa ran for almost a thousand yards in the final four games. Ohio State was five fifty seven. Iowa's defense was just as strong at that point in the year, and Ohio State's, of course, we know was tremendous. But you know, Iowa actually outgained its opponents by two hundred yards a game in those final four, where Ohio State was outgained by by teams like Illinois and Purdue. Uh, so I think overall, uh, at that, if they would have played the last Saturday in November that year. I think Iowa wins and probably wins comfortably. And what what would that have done? Iowa would have uh, gone into the national title game against mm-hmm. Miami. Now, I don't even looking back now. I don't really like that matchup for Iowa. But that said, if you get to the national title game, you're in a different category. And then you know now now we, of course we remember that they played about seven weeks after their final game against Minnesota and got torched by USC, which was a tremendous team. But I think if had that played out that way if there was a big 10 championship game i think iowa goes into the national title game that year hmm. 2015 doctor is is the one for me is basically is you know i think there was probably a minimum of five maybe six uh hawkeye defensive players uh that had a chance to get lj scott on the ground and and first made contact with him at about the four yard line if they get him on the ground that sends iowa to the playoff now sure they would have beat alabama but in the era we're in now the college football four team playoff it is so difficult to get there they were so gl- close to getting there but lj scott had other mm-hmm. thoughts yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a it was a great third down run by him to be able to put it in the end zone and stretch it over the the top. Had uh, you know Josie Jewell been able to corral him without the center kind of diving on his legs in the back part mm, of his true. legs. Uh, nope. uh, you know, it had you know, and I'm not even suggesting that a penalty gets called because sometimes that's tough to call there. But had they been able to pull him down at the one yard line, it would have set up the greatest fourth down in baby yep. college football history. Uh, who knows what would have happened on that one final play, the 23rd play of a crazy drive. Uh, but uh, that said, if they win, they go on, they they play Alabama. I know I had a lot of uh, friction from some Iowa fans saying, well, what really wouldn't have mattered. They would have got scorched by Alabama, and it was probably for the best they didn't go. And I'm like, well, they got scorched they by got Stanford torched, anyway. Right. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. you know. But, but the one difference is they do have a Big Ten title, mm-hmm. and that's important. And uh Anybody that suggests it, that it isn't probably should watch a different sport uh, because the Big Ten title matters, and it matters for Iowa, especially in that tight. To go 13-0 and and get to the playoff is, is a big deal. So uh, that's, the one, that's one where I don't think they win the national title. I think 2002 had a shot. I don't think 2015 did. But just to get to the Final Four, it, it's a big, impressive, important thing. I got a basketball one for you going uh, back 30-plus mm. years ago. What if Dr. Tom doesn't slow down things in the second half against UNLV in the Elite Eight? <laughs> Iowa. You know. I mean, they, they very well could have a national championship. They were the first team that season to ever score 100 points against a Bobby Knight coach team. Of course, the Hoosiers won the national championship. What if they don't blow the lead against the running Rebs? You know what? I, I If I went to basketball, it would have been three times longer because the higher Iowa flies in, in, the, bat, in the NCAA tournament, the harder they crash to the ground and you know 1970 is another one. Oh yes Hendrick Burroughs doesn't put the ball back I mean that team is 
Nobody has even touched the 102.9 that's averaged in Big Ten play since 1970, which will be the 50th year coming up. Uh, you know, 14 and 0 in the Big Ten, and then you look at the 87 team and how impressive it, it was, and you know, 20 point lead in the first half, and yeah, I mean, they just went cold. UNLV got hot. Uh, Ronnie Lester, what if he doesn't get hurt in, in 1980 of the Final Four? Uh, they probably, they very well could win the national title, and then, uh, you know, then the list goes on and on. You know, Northwestern State, and <laughs> you know, the like. So uh, basketball has probably double what football has for hypotheticals, and they're probably better arguments, in fact, than what I put forth with football. Hmm. And back to football, Doc. I'll end it on this one before I move to a couple of other things. What if Iowa hires a, an offensive coordinator not named Greg Davis in 2012? <laughs> and I'm guessing a lot of people the same way, Doc. I saw it in the comments. There's a lot of feedback uh, from that one uh, as well. But boy, oh boy, is he... Public, not public enemy number one, but is, is he maybe the most uh, vilified coordinator that uh, that fair? It's got to be the answer is a resounding yes, right? Yeah, I can't think of another coordinator close. that enters yeah. that category. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was a, it, you know, it was not a good hire, and it looked at that way at the time, and and Kirk wrote it out way too long. I mean, that's really in 2014 that should have been over. Uh, you know, 2012, frankly, but. 14 made sense and Kirk doubled down on him had a, you know, the, the team produced a nice year, but it just, it, it didn't work. And I think that's probably one that, you know, you could have come back and said, you know, I, I should have found somebody that fit the system better. You know, if they're going to continue to be married to the zone running scheme, inside zone, outside slant, it, it needs a, uh, you know, it needs a passing game to complement it. And that passing game did not. And, you know, the, the, the attrition level that came after that, the, the inability to recruit and retain receivers that, you know, that fit that system just, it was a, it was a terrible hire across the board. And, um, I, I think they're doing a nice job to rectify it now. But yeah, if they had, um, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they keep, uh, a Derek Willies. Maybe somebody, you know, you know, the list goes on and on as to the ripple effect of what could happen there. But I don't, I think they would have been a better team. Um, for the four or five years had they had a different coordinator. To the here and now, Doc, and uh, your colleague at The Athletic, Bruce Feldman, longtime scribe in college football, as he has done seemingly every year for the last 15 years, comes out with his freaks list, guys that are just ridiculous athletes, do some unbelievable things. And the top po- spot in that list is an Iowa Hawkeye. Many people would have assumed, I'm sure, it'd be A.J. Epinesa with his ridiculously awesome physical tools. Instead... It is Tristan Wirfs. Did uh, you get a phone call from Bruce asking a little bit more about Wirfs? We had a, we had a you know a couple of go backs and back and forth through Slack and uh, you know it was you know he wanted to know more about some other you know specifics that I couldn't really even give him you know as far as vertical and what have you and uh, but you look at what he was able to do in the weight room you know 450 reps or 450 pounds at four reps 500 for a max you know, on, on that lift. I mean, it, that's just otherworldly. That's something that nobody, that's a freak. And, you know, when you're talking about Brandon Sheriff, who was considered a freak five years ago for that, and yet here you have a guy who's 20, so he was basically, you know, two and a half years younger than Sheriff, uh, be able to put that up that kind of weight. It just shows that, you know, he's, he's in a different world when it comes to athletes. And if he can put it all together, if he can kind of marry a mean streak with his physical physique and his, his you know, natural skills, 
he's a lineman that we haven't seen very regularly. He's probably in that Jonathan Ogden category, you know, and, uh, you know, not only a pro bowler, but uh, beyond that, if he can all put it all together. And I think Bruce recognizes that. He's a fan of, of line play, as am I. And so I, I think he saw something special and unique in, in Tristan Wirfs and, and certainly put it right at the top of the list. Doc, uh, we will all be in Chicago on uh, Thursday and Friday for Big Ten Media Days. I believe Delaney kicks it off right after we get off the air, right, Trent? I mean, yeah. I think it works out pretty well for us on Thursday. Uh, what What do you think the the biggest takeaway perhaps from not necessarily team specific what do we think we're going to hear from Delaney he usually makes some news at this thing any idea what are you looking forward to well you know this is his kind of his song his song song uh, swan song you know I mean this is the last time publicly he'll be in front of an audience at a Big Ten event as the commissioner and uh you know there, there have been times when he, it's right to criticize him but I think in some ways this is probably going to be his, uh, you know, this is what I did during my, you know, <laughs> 30 years in the saddle at the Big Ten. And I think he uh, he kind of deserves to do that. And, uh, you know, because nobody has had more of an impact on college athletics history than Jim Delaney. Uh, you know, I mean, we forget almost that, you know, he brought Penn State into the Big Ten. And, of course, BTN changed the face of, of programming forever. But he did so much. I think he'll probably celebrate that a little bit. He'll talk, uh, he likes to talk about the uh, legal issues and, you know, higher upper echelon issues. But, uh, you know, I think this is a chance for him to kind of <laughs> celebrate himself. Or, and I wouldn't be surprised if somebody comes up with, a, with something for him specifically because he probably deserves it. Again, he's, um, nobody's done more, you know, in college sports mm-hmm. history than Jim Delaney. Nate Stanley, Torin Young there, and uh... – what are you looking to get from the players? Anything in particular? You got a long story that you're going to be working out that you're going to roll out at some point, or is it going to be the standard Q and A's for you? You know, uh, it, it's always challenging at, at these things, but uh, you know, I, I think Nate Stanley is going to have a lot of attention in Chicago because there's only two quarterbacks. Which I kind of hope the next commissioner addresses that with coaches. It's a, you know, mentions, you know what, this is a promotional event mm-hmm. for the league and for your team. Bring your best players. Um, and we, or here are the ones we want. Tell us why they can't come. And I think that's probably something that needs to be addressed, not, to, not only to Iowa, although I would include Iowa in that, Michigan and everybody else. They need to start bringing their more high profile athletes to this thing because there's two quarterbacks. The SEC Media Days has nine, nine. You know, including yep. transfers. That's ridiculous. That needs to be changed. And, uh, you know, so Nate Stanley will get a lot of attention, I assume, because, again, there's only two quarterbacks. Uh, so I, I think, you know, he's going to get uh, asked quite a bit about Iowa, in, you know, because Iowa has a really good roster, a tough schedule, but can Iowa take it to the next level? And I think that's something that he'll probably be asked quite a bit about and, and probably should. As far as the other two, Michael Ojibudia, Torn Young, it's uh, – I don't. I don't know if they're going to get a lot of attention outside of Iowa media. Um, we have talked to both. I think this summer, so um, we'll we'll see what what the questions are for them. We'll see you on Thursday, Doc. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. Good, good to good. talk to you, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. They have loaded up again at the Athletic. A whole bunch more hires.
uh, Andy Staples, a national guy, does national radio on uh, one of the, uh, I think it's Sirius, right? I'm pretty sure he's there. Uh, terrific writer. He joins. Um, if you haven't already done so, folks, it's what? Three ninety nine, two ninety nine. Regard uh, depending on what the uh, day of the week <laughs> that you order. Seemingly, you can find deals. You can find deals. I think the Big Twelve only has two quarterbacks as well: Ellinger and Skylar Thompson from K State. Yeah. If there's another one, I don't think there is. But I agree. They want you want it from the quarterbacks. It's an opportunity. It's not about us. It's about us being an, giving us an opportunity to feed the beast. That's you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we'll come back. We'll finish out the hour. Dylan Montz joins us. Speaking of media days, he's in Dallas. We'll talk to Dylan Montz at 11.15, do a piece on baseball. Uh, Scott Miller will join us. Scott, he had a really fascinating piece. All these contracts these youngsters sign. Boy, I'm torn, Trent. I get why they sign them. Leaving money on the table. They probably but... are. Dot, dot, dot. Right. Still. Security at a 30, young age. 40. Fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Hard to say no money. to. It yeah. is, especially when you come from nothing. Yes, and that's what the case is for most of these uh, players that uh, have been uh, willing to snap up uh, these opportunities. Come back, finish up the hour. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty Ash Cam. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes of the first hour of the week. Uh, athletic reporting that uh, and this affects your team, the Minnesota Twins, and maybe some others as well. But Will Smith, the closer for the Giants, mm-hmm. is a major, major, major target of the Brewers. The Brewers are involved. Pretty much any team that needs bullpen help certainly has made that call. Will Smith, not only is he a closer, he's a lefty. Right. Even if you don't make him I mean, your correct. closer, he is a left-hander. So because of that... He is going to be a hot commodity. So back-to-back lefties coming out of that Brewer's pen late it's in the game? Pretty scary there. Mm. Couple that with he is under team control for another two years, I believe, after this, this value one. value there. That is uh, going to make him a hot commodity. But that's not all for the Giants. You know, the Giants could have five, six pitchers that are dealt away. Well, Baumgartner. Baumgartner's one. That's been talked about a lot. Samar just seemingly moves every trade deadline. Yes, there's another. And then Who you get in missing? the bullpen. Will Smith. Will Smith, three. Guy from Iowa, Tony Watson. Oh, really? Speaking a little bit left-handers. Uh-huh. He'll, uh, what kind of years he had? He's been okay. I think his ERA is, oh, I just had it up just a little bit ago. But late in a ball game when you need to yeah. get lefty-lefty matchup, he's that's kind of been, and look, he's had a nice career. Yes, he has, no doubt about it. 19 holds on the season, 2-0 record. Yeah, he's been really good again mm-hmm. for what he is. So he could, yeah, that's probably a guy that might be on the move. Melanson, still there. Not been very good, but. Boy, what happened to him? Take a shot. Here's a guy that I really am intrigued by for my twins' perspective and not overpaying like you probably have to do for Will Smith. Well, he's got team control, and therefore you're going to have yes. to, whoever gets him is going to have to overpay. We talked that a little bit earlier with the mm-hmm. uh, Pirates Vasquez, closer, yep. Vasquez. Uh, Sam Dyson, though, been there, been part of the bullpen. He's not. A ninth inning guy, probably not even an eighth inning guy, but just an arm. Power arm that's had a couple of good years in a row. So Sam Dyson, if you're looking for that kind of cheap guy, the Giants, I mean, you talk about being sellers and replenishing. If you can make four, five, six different deals, that's how you do it. Not all the minor leaguers that you're going to find, they're all going to pan out. Few right, of them right. actually end up panning mm-hmm. out. But you do something like that, that's how you rebuild. Those low leverage deals that look like nothing. Uh, I guess we got a bag of balls, they 
a lot of times turn into players, major leaguers. You know, I love the uh, the baseball prospectus. Uh, what? No, no. What's the baseball reference when you go and you see the trade and who the guys were traded for? Mm-hmm. And to your point, who? And who is this? You know, the guys that in most of the trades, very seldom are these household names that uh, come over. All right, Dylan Mont's going to join us live from Dallas in 15 minutes. Look forward to catching up with Dylan. Scott Miller will be here from Bleacher Report. We'll do some more MLB talk. I'm going to get some, um, well, some games of the year point spreads have been released. Some head scratchers for Iowa and Iowa State. Huh. We'll do that on the other side as we lead, in, lead into the 11 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.